Hello, everyone. Mike Vinoy, Vice President of Marketing and Sales at Assure. And I want to welcome, welcome you to today's show. Uh, you know, normally we're talking about payroll, HR, compliance, uh, talent management uh, topics. Uh, and especially in the last, you know, two years, uh, tons of stuff on compliance uh, uh, with so many changes uh, related to COVID. Uh, but our mission with this show is to bring the best information we possibly can to entrepreneurs, to small businesses, to mid-sized companies to help them grow. Uh, we provide payroll and HR services in software to help you stay compliant and save money so that you can build great teams and get talent that can really help you grow and get behind your, your mission. And so growth really is at the core of, of, of what we do. Uh, it, and I'm really excited about today's guest uh, because this today is all about growth. It, it, in as we start, uh, you, I, I don't think we'll ever say a post-pandemic world here. I think uh, clearly the the world is opening up. Uh, uh, whether you know that we we do our very best not to not be political here. So whether you think it's coming too fast, too slow, uh, doesn't matter. It's pretty obvious that that, that it is opening up, right? Mass mandates uh, being removed. Um, and the economy is getting getting trucking along here, and so with that comes challenges, maybe around inflation or uh, around uh, war for talent. Uh, but clearly, we are getting back into growth mode uh, as an economy, and so uh, uh, we wanted to share information today to talk about, you know, what what ways can you best grow your company. Uh, and maybe in some ways that you haven't thought of. And so uh, a pretty cool guest here today, David Wilson, he's the managing principal of Fund You Up. Um, uh, David spent, uh, I think it's a couple decades, David, right, in the, in the, in the world of finance and funding small and mid-sized companies uh, to help them grow uh, in, in, I think, some non-traditional ways that, that uh, I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs probably just don't even realize exist as funding options. Well, right. So welcome, David. All right, thank you, thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. Okay, so uh, we'll, we'll just jump in a little bit to the deep end of the pool right from the beginning. I, I feel like there are so many entrepreneurs in small businesses, especially. I think a lot of mid-market companies understand M&A in uh, the accretive value of acquiring companies and to, to help them grow. But I think so many small businesses, you have a, an owner, founder, uh, you know, maybe it's a home improvement business and they used to swing a hammer themselves. And so they're passionate about the work and they want to build a team and they want to sell more deals and they're trying to grow organically. Um, you, you, you've got an architect <clears throat> who started out hanging a shingle for themselves, now finds them in, in a CEO administrative role, trying to grow a company and trying to do it, you know, with, with sweat and muscle and effort uh, trying to grow. I think there's so many so many uh, businesses just don't even think about should I buy a competitor? Should I should I buy complementary uh, a company that is has a complementary adjacent service to me? Uh, speak into this topic because you work with people like that every day, David. About uh, people who probably haven't even been thinking about acquisition as a real component of their growth strategy. Sure. Yeah. I, I, absolutely. Um, I'm working with I'm working with one in particular um, right now. I I think the 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 first thing to really consider is the is the financial impact on uh, after the acquisition. So when if we're going to pursue this opportunity to acquire uh, someone else in our space, how does it impact our uh, overall revenue. How is what debt service uh, is involved, uh, and 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 you kind of you kind of go from there. Uh, so if if you're going to pay X for a company, it's going to increase your your revenue by four times. Then and you throw in the debt service. I think it it would might make sense. That's a good place to start. That's where the conversation um, should start. Um, and I think, but I think though the the next piece that I would add to that would be would have to do with ease of ease of integ integration, and I, I think you got you guys can relate to this. Um, I I wrote down systems when I when I was kind of brainstorming this, 
uh, so many times I've seen uh, companies acquire companies and their their systems just don't they don't they're so vastly different and you can't integrate or it's difficult to integrate the accounting systems it's difficult to integrate the the payroll systems it's difficult uh, I've seen I've seen a, a case or two where it's not possible and you have to scrap it um, uh, and third uh, what employees if any come with the purchase so are you sliding employees over to the new company? Are you take are you do the employees from the old company, if you will, come with the purchase? Uh, what management challenges? What um, leadership challenges are you buying? <laughs> so these are these yeah. are all things that one should consider. Yeah. So you know, I'm not going to make this a shameless plug for 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 sure, but uh, when I think systems, I, I'm right there with you. I mean. Uh, you, you need to develop uh, from a technology perspective, right? You, we, we, as a small business owner, maybe you want to grow. Maybe maybe you do have a competitor that you know. There's a fire sale situation that you could. There's there's a some revenue that you could acquire, a, a team that you could acquire, and, and, and expand your business. But you're going to be completely duplicative on administration because your shop isn't in order to absorb their shop or vice versa or how do you bring these things together so uh, part of part of being an owner i believe is creating a systematic approach to your tech stack right so whether it's payroll hr uh uh, uh, uh recruiting systems uh, uh, uh upstream in the in the hr process uh, 401k integration uh, in learning management systems downstream in the HR process, but whatever your tech stack is that you have this really thought through in a way uh, and documented in a way so that if you acquire, they can simply plug into that system. What, 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 where have you seen this done well in, in maybe where, what mistakes have you seen uh, in, in your career here, David? So I have, I have seen it done well from a from an accounting systems standpoint um this particular acquisition simply involved a, a merger of uh quickbooks online so it was and it was quickbooks online to quickbooks online um going from two separate administrators um to one one whole administrator of the of the new uh, of the new uh, system, um, but it was very, it was relatively simple, you know, some, just some tweaks here and there, but those systems, it was the same, same software. So that was, that was easy. Yeah. Yep. Um, one that comes to mind uh, was what sounded like the same scenario, but it was QuickBooks desktop to QuickBooks online. So acquiring company was on QuickBooks desktop and other company, the the acquired company was QuickBooks Online, and and they don't that is not the same software. <laughs> they 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 are in fact, and I didn't know this, uh, but they're quite different. And it was a it was a very very huge challenge. Now because what ended up happening was the the acquiring company had to convert to QuickBooks Online, and it migrated to, and it was just. It it wouldn't have been that big a deal had they known what the shot was and they didn't. They didn't expect to have to do that. They thought it was just, hey, we're shaking we're shaking hands and and we're good. So yeah, that's my experience. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I I think maybe the the guidance that we would want to give our our audience here <clears throat> is that you just need to as you do your due diligence. It, it doesn't mean you shouldn't do a deal, right? If if there's value, uh, you should do a deal. If this if if this is, if this dovetails your growth strategy, the acquisitions uh, can be uh, one of the single fastest ways that you can grow. If you if you have a product that is you know lightning in a bottle, um, you know it's easy, right? Customers going to come to you. You're going to grow like crazy. Uh, if you're in a fiercely competitive, mature market like home remodeling, uh, hair salon. Uh, accounting services, uh, any any most business services, right? Uh, acquisition 
may be the single best approach to growth for you, uh, mm-hmm. but you gotta budget in all the change management, right? Uh, yeah. uh, maybe, maybe their systems are better than yours, maybe your systems are better than theirs. Probably more important is to have a system that you're modeling into, um, but if it requires outside third-party consultants, uh, uh, part-time temp work to come in and handle a migration of, of systems, just just make sure you're modeling for that uh, as part of the acquisition. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I wanted to you 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 hit three points, David. The, the last one I I think is just so timely. Um, you know, do employees come with a purchase? So if you're making some asset uh, purchase. Um, and maybe it's just buying a customer base. Uh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's their technology. Um, maybe it includes real estate uh, uh, in the transaction. Um, in today's war, war for talent, you know, we talked a lot about that on the show. Um, uh, unemployment uh, at record levels. Job participation rates uh, still not where we were pre-pandemic, right? So. Uh, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. You you walk into a restaurant in my hometown at uh, eight o'clock at night, and uh, two thirds of the tables are open. You're like, oh great, I'm going to get a table right away. And they t- tell you it's a 30 minute wait because they don't have wait staff. They can't they can't hire people to even serve you, right? The 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 the, the war for talent really has hit Main Street. Um, speak into this, David, because I I think this is a missed opportunity for people. They think, well, I don't want to just buy that competitor. But I also can't buy. I have. I, I can't hire enough people to accomplish my own mission. A lot of times, an acquisition is a way to get talent with sometimes decades, certainly years of experience and expertise in your domain, and mm-hmm. and you can upskill your talent like overnight. Can, can you speak into uh, cases where you've seen this done well or maybe done poorly? Well, the. Um one one client in particular this is i wasn't on the talent acquisition side so this client was acquired so it was it was a client that, that we had been we had actually been funding their uh their hiring and they were in the it space um and they were growing uh like crazy uh in a in the span of about 3 years they went from they went from zero to exit at Exit was was about a, a five or so million dollar exit exit, and it was an acquisition by a competitor who recognized that okay, this particular IT skill set, we can go and find all of these folks ourselves. Maybe right. So yeah. if if more of these people even exist, they may they may not. What's the cost of acquisition of of each of these uh, individuals? Um, versus, uh, or we can just buy this company that has the 50 or so highly skilled folks that we need. We plug them, and this particular uh, inter- integration was pretty uh, was pretty seamless, and it was uh, relatively simple, um, just because it was we're dealing mostly with the people. So the, the the people, their assignments didn't change much. Um, who was paying them was going to change. So so from from their standpoint, fairly um, fairly invisible. Uh, but but this acquiring company recognized that my that my client's company was that was the value. The, yeah. va- the value was in the people. Yeah, you know what. Uh, the, the, there's a million ways to look at people, process, technology, uh, people, uh, uh, process, systems. <clears throat> um, uh, but one of the three pillars is always people uh, in, in a business, right? And if you're in a if you're in a mature market, especially, uh, there's not huge changes in say technology in the in the industry that you participate in. Uh, certainly, there's always some change. But the real value is is your people, or the real value is their people. Um, that may be the single biggest reason to do to do an acquisition. I, I can just say uh, a couple stories of my own. Uh, probably 15 years ago, I was running a company, um, software company, um, and we got a call from Google, and I'm like, oh my gosh, payday! This is going to be amazing. Uh, Google's interested in buying us. Uh, well, what Google was interested in wasn't 
our tech at all. They were interested in our engineers. Uh, and once they learned that most of my engineering team was outsourced uh, uh, offshore, <laughs> the conversation ended quickly. But it was really eye-opening to me because, uh, uh, you know, Google, did, they simply couldn't get enough engineers. And they're out there looking at trying to buy small companies like mine simply because they they, they, they saw it as a way to, to acquire engineers. Cool. Um, and I think about it, I mean, I would invite anybody, assuresoftware.com forward slash investor relations. Um, you can navigate to it on our website. You know, uh, uh, acquisition is a, is a meaningful part of our growth strategy. We're very public about this. Um, and uh, 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 a, a huge component of this is talent, right? And so as, as we acquire companies in this space, uh, uh, it's pretty common to get people who maybe have been using our software uh, it, 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 indirectly for five, 10, sometimes 20 years. And the amount of expertise that can become part of your organization overnight is, is truly game-changing. Um, and it also requires a really thoughtful strategy. This, you, you can't have a, forgive my, forgive my way to describe it. This can't be, hey, who's your daddy? Uh, we bought you, we're the boss, you're gonna do what we tell you. Cause you can lose that talent that can evaporate overnight too. And so if sure. you're paying for the talent and they walk out the door because you're a jerk uh, on day one, this, this can backfire. So this requires a lot more thought than just financing. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think maybe I would end on this point and ask you to, to, to close out on this point, uh, David. I believe that in today's war for talent, um, the people may be one of the most important reasons that you consider doing an acquisition today. Anything else you want to close on this topic, David? No, I think I think you you nailed it. You actually covered uh, covered a point that um, I wanted to I, I wanted to make sure we covered, which is the the that uh, that possibility. So when you're acquiring a, a company, you have to and and they come with employees. Who's to say those employees are coming? Who's to say right. those employees are on board? So that, that it could be deal closes and everybody walks out that, that's possible um and and how how do you how do you ensure that doesn't happen um i don't know that you can i, I think i think it comes in the due diligence phase uh, you do the you do the best you can to uh, understand the culture understand the leadership and the but I don't know that you can prevent that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people have employees. People have more choices than ever, and they vote with their feet, right? Um, yeah. If they're if they're behind your mission and excited, oh my gosh, look at all the new opportunities I have to advance my career. Look at all the new ways, the new uh, tools and products that I can now help my customers who I care deeply about serving. Uh, look at the the mission that they have and how that either dovetails or is different than our current mission. They're going to make their decisions whether they stay with the acquiring company based on on those things. Because if they're if they're not in alignment with you, or they don't trust you, they're gone, right? Because there are too many options available. So uh, if if talent acquisition is a major component of your M&A strategy. Uh, they're human beings and you got to treat them like such. How would you want to be treated if you were acquired? They're going to feel the exact same way. So you have to have a huge people component of your M&A strategy. So, all right, let's, this is a perfect segue, uh, David. So um, you're, you're in the financing business. So obviously you can provide financing to a, a small business who is looking to acquire companies. But uh, you can also provide financing to a company that is simply trying to hire more. So we talked about the difficulty of perhaps uh, hiring employees, but whether it's hard, whether it's easy, uh, maybe you have a great employment brand, maybe you have a, ha don't have an employment brand to, to attract, uh, it still takes money to do it. So uh, you know, take me through how you work with clients, uh, how big, uh, funding, I'll, I'll 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 use this sounds like consultant speak, but talent acquisition. How how do you how do you think about possibly acquiring debt money to go hire employees to accomplish a goal? 
<clears throat> in uh, in in my space, um, the 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 best example I have in 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 my career uh, of where this happened was the the one I gave you previously. The the company was in the IT space. They went from as I said, zero to, to five five million, and then they were purchased. I think what what made um, what made that company fit this question, well, this scenario best is the space they were in. So they, they were in the uh, the federal government contracting space, so the IT, but to the to federal government, Department of Defense, uh, and, and various other departments. So the this company was marketing a particular service to various departments. It was up to the departments to say, yes, we can, we want this, and we want 10 of these types of people on site by in two weeks. Mm. <clears throat> so there was a it was important for them to number one keep a bench of people ready to go yeah when the department of defense when the um department of the treasury says go but we need to have them ready before the before that meeting in anticipation of them being being hired um what that so what that required them to do was and these are high level it folks that are making you know six these are six figure it folks that would like to be paid and they want to get paid when they start they may in fact require it <laughs> right exactly and and there's no shortage of opportunities for these folks so going back to what we we spoke about earlier they could leave so if something if and they could leave right now and they could they could walk across the hall and and possibly find a, a better opportunity so their the, the the company's dilemma was okay we need x number of dollars to float to to pay these employees while we are waiting for them to while we are waiting to make money to build them out uh, and, and make the money so in this particular case is it time to hire more employees yes because um what we don't want to happen is the Department of Defense says yes, we need ten people, and we have one person on the bench. Now we can't we can't fulfill the contract. Uh, as far as in 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 other spaces, um, what what we've experienced is is less about the you know we are we need funding to hire more people um a lot of folks were needing a lot of early clients needed funding to make payroll we're working on one now um they realize on tuesday they're not going to make payroll on friday and, and mm -hmm. so that's where we come in and, and provide funding for them to make payroll so it's not so much a hiring issue uh it is an employee issue because those employees want to get paid too and um it's just a, I guess, a, a different side of the coin, the other side of the coin. Okay, so so let's let's go there. Um, and I'm thinking maybe we can kind of address. So there's the, there's the cool, sexy side of this, right? It's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, a lot of entrepreneurship is making bets, right? Um, I make I'm making a bet that I'm gonna buy this two hundred thousand uh, dollar CNC machine to go in my shop that I'm gonna have debt service on. That, but it's going to allow me to take orders from uh, uh, manufacturers that I can provide uh, parts for, right? Um, right. Uh, you can make a bet that I'm a, an IT staffing company. I need to uh, hire talent because I'm going to. I have to have them on the bench to be able to uh, to, to acquire new customers and actually fulfill orders because no one's going to give me the orders if I don't actually have the IT staff already on the payroll, right? So those are those are risk reward bets um and there's a cash flow component right so i think a lot of times we think about the cnc machine uh, for your for your tool and die shop um you know you think about okay it's it's a it's a physical asset i got an amortization schedule here's my monthly debt service here's how many customers i would I'd have to acquire how much revenue i'd have to generate pretty, seems pretty straightforward 
I think people frequently don't think about it in a human services, a, a, a human delivered services kind of a business. You got to think about people the exact same way, right? And so you might actually have to go into debt to to level up and get to the next level. Um, and there's a cash flow component there. That same thing is true if you're on the bad side. How do I make payroll next week? I need to go get funding, but do I make? Am I making my problem worse? I obviously legally have to pay these people who have performed work, but am I better off borrowing money and acquiring debt service, or am I better off having to downsize my my organization and rationalize my expenses? Can Can you speak to how you work with clients, helping them to think about cash flow um, in 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 acquiring debt and therefore debt service? to pay employees? Sure. Uh, I always ask the question when I'm, during the uh, initial consultation, if you will, um, not just what is the money for? So what's the money for? Oh, we need to make payroll by Friday. Um, why do you need to, why is this a challenge currently? Well, because in one case, uh, working with a, a, a city government, uh, our city government payment is coming in 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 a week and a half but it's not in and we we can't we won't make payroll so that's why so now i understand that this isn't a what i don't want to happen is i don't want to fund this company to make payroll um this week you know so make payroll on friday and then next week we're funding you again to make payroll <laughs> the, the, that's not so that speaks to your point um there's a there's a different problem here that 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 we need to that we need to address um so i always ask that question during the uh, during the discovery phase um uh, why are why are we here uh we had a we had a, a piece of equipment fail we lost we lost a, a large client. We lost because I I want there I want the end to be it might be far away, but I want it to I, I want there to be one so that so that we can see at the at the end of this because you don't want to be you don't want to be reliant on our type of funding long long term. So eventually. Mm -hmm. We want you to be able to get to a point where you can qualify for uh, traditional funding, uh, bank, bank financing, SBA financing, and uh, not or just organically growing. We don't want you to rely upon our our funding forever. Um, right, and and oh. and I'm I'm dying to like go there and talk about that because I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't even know probably some of these really I think unique financing options available but I think that's the place we need to close so let, let, let with that let's let's maybe take on a, another reason why somebody might consider taking on taking on uh, uh, funding uh, and that's new solutions right maybe funding a new product to, to be developed uh, 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 entering a new vertical market what, what uh, tell us maybe some experience you've had working with clients doing this someone so I was uh, I was at a conference last um you know some time ago and someone said someone said in one of the presentations uh, the riches are in the niches and <laughs> and I, I i think that i think that nails it uh, when 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 we as business owners are, are thinking about a, a a new vertical um i don't i don't I don't think it's always a good idea to, to to do that, especially if if there's if the the verticals are too different. Um, it it just it just may not it may not be a, a, a smart decision. Um, I would say so. My my advice would be to well, I'll give you an example. Um, one client. Um, marble and granite business they were in the marble and granite business and they decided to go into the kitchen and bathroom remodeling business also okay does that make sense eh, kind of 
<laughs> seemed like it seemed like it made sense. Um, but then they expanded oh. into, into their own um, into their own cabinet line, and then into their own. Now, now what ended up happening was um, they they took on so much debt, bless you to to get to that point and and they lost focus on their original their original um best offering which was which was the stone yep. and um they they were they this company evaporated i mean it was it was sad to watch um but because they took on too much so i, I think it's I think it's important, even even if it seems logical. What is the benefit of of going after this vertical? Um, what 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 does it add to our sales? Does it require new expertise? Um, in this case, it 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 did. They had supply issues with their cabinets, so they had sold a bunch of cabinets that didn't arrive because it was it was their brand and it was it, it, they didn't consider those things yeah all right so kind of talk through three big buckets you know acquisition is it you know should you hire uh, should you buy a competitor should you buy a uh, tangential a company that provides a, a tangential complementary service right so uh, m a merger acquisition hiring thinking about um, uh, taking on financing taking on debt, um, but to to fund a talent acquisition strategy, maybe the people required to fulfill future orders, maybe the people to build the next product. Um, the third bucket here, uh, uh, new solutions, developing new solutions. Um, you have some interesting thoughts, David, uh, around just kind of macro. H how do you look at the world when thinking about, so kind of going back to where I, where I opened the conversation, um, how business owners and entrepreneurs think about growing their business and certainly we're not we're not advocating that everybody should go into debt right um but but entrepreneurship is a risk reward game right so, so speak into this about how how you advise clients to think about whether they should or shouldn't take on financing to fund some of these initiatives my my first piece of advice when um when when someone comes into comes into my room is why are we speaking so what 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 do you hope to gain from this conversation um i want to i want to make sure they actually need so now my advisor hat on is do you actually need this funding what do you need it for and have you gone to your bank do you have a relationship with a business banker do you have a relationship with a bank um we have um i think this is answering your question we we have some we know what the disqualifiers are for traditional financing um and i want to make sure that the that the client has exhausted that resource before uh, before we have we have our conversation. Um, generally speaking, if you can if you can do what you need to do without incurring any debt, you should. Right. So if 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 you if you don't need our financing, don't take it. If you don't need SBA financing. Don't take it. So if you have six six million dollars in the bank and you can do what you need to do by using internal cash, um, I'm I, I'm sure there may be exceptions to that rule, but I would say grow organically and and just don't take on whether it's debt or equity. Don't take on I'm sorry. Well, yeah, don't don't take on any debt. Don't give up any equity if if you don't need to. Um, does that answer your question? It, it doesn't it doesn't quite speak to the, the the slide as much. 
No, no, it, it, and so, so you, you, you've spoken about this, you know, uh, 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 having, looking at the world through from a position of abundance instead of a, a world of lack. What do you mean by that? So that, so that's that speaks to the mindset, the mindset of the entrepreneur, the mindset of the of the of uh, the any business owner. Uh, it's important for for us to vibrate positively uh, every day it's important for us to understand one, one of my one of my biggest this my one of my biggest my favorite sayings kind of clashes with something that that mark cuban uh says all the time um you know my your biggest competitor your only competitor is is who you were yesterday so i believe in i believe that we're competing we should be competing against ourselves and, and we are it's it's this asymptotic pursuit of perfection, something that is it's never it's not attainable, but the pursuit of it is what what drives us each day to to be the best versions uh, of ourselves. Uh, Mark Cuban says that he he's constantly looking over his shoulder because he's thinking that somebody's going to steal his idea and 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 <laughs> somebody's chasing him. I think that has value too. Um, but it sort of suggests that there's there's a there's a lack of a, a lack of stuff, a lack of resources, a lack of abundance, and and I I don't believe that. I I think he's I think his point is more so we need to keep moving forward, and we can't rest on our laurels, and we we can't sit back and. Take our feet off the off the gas, um, but but things are going to happen in our day that that we have no control over. So you you wake up you wake up on Tuesday and you you realize you're not going to make payroll on Friday. Um, let's let if we approach that from a from a position of abundance with the proper mindset, we'll get through that challenge. We we lose a big client. There's that wasn't meant to be. We'll move through that challenge, and and that's it's important not to not to think of that, not to become woeful because something like that happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there. I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer here, right? I mean, if you listen to Warren Buffett, he would say, I mean, Warren Buffett uses debt, um, but he also says uh, debt is the only way a company can go to zero. Right, if because uh, debt is a bet, you're betting that, I, that I'm gonna take this money, I'm gonna pay X percent interest on that money, and I'm gonna have a Y percent return, and Y is better than X, and so I should borrow money to go attain Y, but if you borrow money at X and you don't attain Y and it fails, you're losing. So there, there's there's risk reward. There's other companies. I mean, some of your most well-known companies, uh, especially in the tech space. Uh, some of the biggest, fastest-growing companies have never been profitable. It's all it's all debt, but uh, they have a model, and they you can lose money so long as you continue to grow. But as soon as that tips the other way and you're not growing, you can't lose money because then it's a sinking ship. So uh, uh, whether you're uh, on the conservative end or on the much more uh, risk taker end of that continuum. Uh, I think what we would advocate for is have the systems in place, have the, have a repeatable model. And mm -hmm. so you're not always just working in the business, you're working on the business, right? It, 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 in thinking about it, uh, your business is kind of chess pieces on a, on a board. Do you have a model? Do you know what the moves are? And does this move require funding or does it not, right? Um, so let, let's use that as a segue, uh, David, to talk about really what you do. And, and, and again, this is not intended to be an infomercial for sure or for for your your your, your firm. We'll we'll have our 30 seconds of fame here in a, in a minute. Um, but let's just spend some time talking about what is alternative funding and banking. I think most business owners understand uh, going to a bank. They certainly understand uh, what I would call country club money. They got a rich uncle or, or a family member or a friend willing to invest. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the irony is when businesses need the money the most, they are not lendable. 
right? And unless you've got the rich uncle who uh, uh, has money to spare or deeply understands your business and therefore is good with the risk, um, uh, you could be a, a, a really healthy company. You could be growing, but maybe your P&L doesn't look good because you're always reinvesting your money into growth and therefore your P&L stinks and the, the bank doesn't want to lend you any money. Uh, there's also the bad scenario, right? You, you, you don't know how you're going to make payroll next week uh, and uh, no one wants to no one wants to lend money to a sinking ship because you, they want their money back, right? So can you just educate our, our audience today? What is this world of alternative funding in banking? What, what does that even mean? Sure. Um, you, you, you nailed, sometimes you'll hear the term uh, uh, primary market, secondary market, um, traditional funding, alternative funding. So those are kind of interchangeable. Those are some of the terms out there. Um, anything anything you can get from a bank, it, it, so including SBA funding, is going to be termed just tra traditional financing. Um, for the most part, anything outside of that in, in our space is called our alternative uh, funding, also known, you know, secondary market, you might hear that term as well, where you have your uh, short-term short -term funding, sometimes with without collateral at all, um, based on strength of revenue of the company. Uh, you have, um, you'll hear the term MCA, uh, Merchant Cash Advance. So these are these are all terms that may be, may be familiar, may not be familiar, but when you hear them, um, you should know that you're in the uh, alternative uh, funding space. Uh, typically, com comparatively, um, alternative funding, the, the cost of alternative funds will be higher than the cost of traditional funds. Yep. Uh, the speed of traditional funds will be much slower than the speed of alternative funds. Uh, and the requirements to to receive traditional funds will be far will 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 be more there will be more to acquire those funds than there will be to acquire uh, alternative funds um, I, I mentioned earlier some uh, typical disqualifiers for traditional financing um, one of the biggest ones is credit so uh, a, a, a traditional bank is going to look at credit um, if it's not good enough you you can't get traditional financing they're going to look at collateral if you don't have any 99 probably 999 times out of a thousand yeah uh, you will not be getting funding the that one might be you know the 850 credit score relationship with the bank for 20 years and you know they they're like married to the president or something so that I guess that could happen. <laughs> and then uh, time, time in business uh, and time in which the funds are, are needed. So if you haven't been in business long enough, you're not going to qualify, like usually two years at least, you're not going to qualify for traditional financing. And if you need the money quickly, um, a bank can't move in the primary market as they can, as quickly as they can in the secondary market. So if you need money in, in 24 hours, a bank won't be able to do that. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I think the way uh, we should think about this is it's risk reward, right? So uh, an SBA loan, Small Business Administration, uh, it's going to be your cheapest money, but you're going to have to jump through a lot of hoops. <laughs> there are a lot of paperwork in, in, in meeting the requirements for an SBA loan, right? Um, uh, and so higher interest rates because... You know these these alternative sources of, of banking. You know if you need money to make payroll next week, and I'll get her in. And I, and I know what that feels like as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, who, who would want to lend you money, right? There's obviously a problem in your business, so they have to they they have they have their own risk reward calculation, right? And so you might have really good reasons for not sure how you're gonna make it next week because you got a million dollar order that you're just waiting on the customer to pay you. And they're a couple days late, so there's there are really good reasons to to still have cash flow concerns for a, a very successful profitable company, 
but uh, just know it's going to be there. The lender has to make their risk reward calculation. Therefore, it's more expensive. Can you yeah. speak more specifically, David? So uh, uh, merchant uh, 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 merchant credit financing, uh, accounts receivable financing. Be more specific if you could, because um, uh, about what are some of the specific ways in which a business owner could get this type of financing? Um, okay, so we'll we'll start at the at the uh, we'll start what I call at at the bottom. So with uh, with factoring, uh, counts receivable, financing, invoice financing. Those are some some names that are used inter interchangeably. Um, yeah. It's using an invoice to generate funds today. So uh, net thirty invoice to. Um, ABC company who has a great credit rating, uh, but they're not. But they're going to pay you in 30 days. You can take you can take that invoice and that hundred thousand dollar invoice, and you can get when I say hundred thousand, uh, eighty five thousand dollars. Let's say eighty five percent of the invoice in a couple of days. And when ABC company pays that invoice on day 30, which they will based on their their credit, uh, the uh, uh, DMB credit rating then you'll get the balance of that 15% minus the the what's called the the factoring fee or the yeah. the discount fee so that's a great way for businesses to tap into uh to tap into cash that mm -hmm. is already in your business that's a great way to that organically grow without incurring any any type of debt really it's just a, it's just an expense yeah uh, as we it, as we and I think I don't think we will talk about rates specifically here, but I think fair to say, much much higher rates. If if you calculated these factoring fees as uh, uh, in, in 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 thought of them as interest rates, this is expensive money, right? Um, but to, to your point, if you don't know how you're making payroll next week, but you've got a a rock solid customer that's going to pay you a hundred thousand dollars in 30 days that's a that could be a really healthy business you, you, you might have something really special growing uh mm -hmm. and you'd hate to have to shut the doors because it's a timing issue right mm -hmm. and so if if you had to pay a, a pretty high expense to get that you know 85 percent of that hundred thousand dollars 30 days earlier 25 days earlier to make a payroll um might hold your nose a little bit of, 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 about the expense, but it sure as heck beats going out of business. Yeah. And if you're if you're if you've got lightning in a bottle, then expensive money is still can still be turned into a higher ROI if invested in the right places. So so factoring uh, this whole financing against your accounts receivable is one area. What's a, what's another area uh, beyond accounts receivable? So so we're so we're going from least costly to most costly. So uh, invoice invoice funding factoring is actually the least um, the, the least expensive. Uh, second would be um, using so it's a form of the merchant cash advance um, using credit card receipts. So companies that that actually take credit cards. Uh, the funding company would come in, evaluate the company, and they would fund them and then take a percentage every day from their credit card receipts until the the agreed upon amount is is repaid. Uh, yeah. I think this is so this is a good way also to, it, because you're you're using your sales to generate capital I, th I think I think that's good um, and if that's all you have so it's it's relatively easy to start uh, and it's there's no collateral required so the the, the funding company is going to be using the, the while they but they do have the um, at least the reasonable certainty that you're going to keep selling the way you've been selling over the past six months four months 12 months um to recover that from uh credit card receipts before it gets to the client yep, yep. The, the most expensive is uh what we call revenue financing 
Uh, so we're we are we're actually factoring future revenue. Mm-hmm. So we're going to look at the company's uh, the company's revenue um, today uh, and over the past four months or so. We're going to predict that they are going to continue to make that revenue over the next period of time, so that we can uh, so that we can recover the uh, funded amount plus the the cost of that money. And general rule of thumb. Um, the the funded amount in that with that product is going to equal the the monthly you know, the, the average monthly top line revenue. So if you're if you're seeking a hundred thousand dollars that way and you don't let's say you don't take credit cards um, and you don't have any collateral, your company should be doing somewhere in the neighborhood like in a, in like next door neighbor of one point one point two million dollars uh, per year to justify that $100,000 funding. And then that amount, you know, the payments on that type of loan will be made uh, monthly, weekly, or daily from the uh, business operating account. And that's right. got the high, that's the highest cost of money. All right, so kind of re- recap here. So um, as we're coming out of a pandemic, uh, my words, uh, uh, we're entering a phase of an endemic. I think, you know, we, we're gonna, we're, we're, we are learning and will continue to learn how to live with, uh, w- with COVID. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, everyone, we're all in the same storm, but not in the same boat, uh, right? And so some people have come out of this really strong financially. Um, uh, PPP and ERTC was really helpful, uh, super helpful to a lot of folks. Um, there's other people, businesses and industries that, uh, there was no amount of PPP or ERTC that could have saved them. Um, and so there are, there are some people thinking, okay, we survived, um, and now we need to get into growth mode and they might have a, a model and they're looking for money to uh to to grow uh in the three ways we covered uh, mergers and acquisitions at at m&a is it the right time to buy a company uh hiring can we should we be thinking about actually using debt to hire people and talent um uh and and then number three is to to build out new products new solutions new services uh and really make those investments that require cash for companies who are wanting to do any of those three things uh, and are willing to take the risk reward, uh, you're advising, David, that you know, go for the secure, inexpensive money. Go for an SBA loan. Go for a traditional bank loan. Go for the country club of rich uncle money. Um, but if you have viable needs, whether it's because you're in trouble mm-hmm. or you really have something special that debt can help you grow, right? Then there are alternative means, right? So we 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 have accounts receivable financing. So if somebody owes you money, you know, you can borrow money against that, right? And it, it, with a bank won't. Uh, if you're a retail business and you have credit cards, there are uh, and, and you collect a lot of money that way. Then there are merchant financing options where the lender will get in the path of that, so that they will lend you and front you the money, and they make sure that they just get paid back. Uh, you're not writing a check every month to pay them back. They're just going to take a, a percentage of those, those credit cards uh, to to make sure they get paid back. Correct. And then number three is financing against future revenues, and so that's kind of the escalating scale uh, of the expense and interest rates and fees against that money. Did, did I say all that right, David? Yeah, that was perfect. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely accurate. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing I would throw in as a, as a resource to the uh, to the viewers, there's a there's an untapped or sometimes sometimes untapped uh, part of that of the traditional financing space, and that's the that's local resources. So every every city has these these local resources. It might be through a chamber. It might be through a business organization, um, a, uh, a minority business organization that will that will say, hey, if you apply. There, it's it could be grant money. It could be very inexpensive money. Uh, the challenge with that money is that it's not always that fast. Um, right. The advantage to that money is it's often it's often not bank like. So the qualifications to get that money 
are often uh, fewer than you would you would if you went to a bank. So they're they're gonna they may overlook a credit score that's below 650. You know they may give you a little bit more than the collateral you have can can support. Um, you haven't been in business for two years, but you've been in business for one year, and everything looks pretty good. We're local, might be backed by a nonprofit. So that that's that's a, a, a good way, that's a good resource for, especially, um, I'll just, I'll say smaller, small businesses to, to tap into five grand, 10 grand, 15 grand like that. Uh, yeah. But they will be, the, my experience is that they, they move pretty slowly. Yeah, yeah, very good. All right, you know what, David? I, I think uh, enjoy the enjoy the conversation. I think this this last slide especially helped people understand. I think there's a lot of people just don't know that there's another whole another world of of financing here. So um, you're at your wit's end because you got lightning in a bottle and you can't get the bank to lend you the money to to leverage it and grow it, or you, you've got some real serious cash flow challenges in the time that you need your bank the most. They're not there for you. You do have other options. And it, so I, I think this is really helpful for folks. The other thing I would say, and just take, you know, 30 seconds on, on Assure, and then I'll ask David to, to, you know, 30 seconds on his company. Um, when I think about growth, I think about scaling your business, right? And do you have infrastructure to scale? Certainly there's a cash component, right? Do you have the financing to, to fund that growth and that development. So whether it's buying a company, hiring employees, building a new product or service, uh, these things take money, uh, but they also take people, right? And so uh, most small companies struggle going from one, they, they, they plateau out, they, they, they can grow to a certain point, but they don't have the infrastructure, they don't have the people, the systems, the technology uh, to get to that next level. And so, one of those next levels would be hiring uh, an HR person. You get over a certain number of employees, you just simply need HR, right? Uh, you got to comply with uh, state, local, federal laws. Uh, uh, taxation gets complex. Uh, talent management gets harder and harder as you try to uh, uh, build an employment brand and bring on talent that that maybe is no longer friends and family and referral based. That you got to go out to the marketplace and hire people that you don't know and they don't know you. Uh, all that gets harder the bigger you get, but you, you might not be able to afford the $70,000, $110,000 SHRM certified HR professional. Uh, so at a fraction, truly pennies on the dollar uh, fraction, we provide those services for small businesses. So in the far right, Total HR, we can be that Total HR department for your organization. Your employees call us, we are your HR, HR department. Uh, on the far left, we can simply provide that compliance framework for your leadership and that might be just you as an owner entrepreneur it might be you and a couple other people in a management team maybe an office manager who administers your payroll and hr um but we're going to make sure that you're compliant we're going to make sure you're following the law we're going to make sure you have an employee handbook that uh, that helps to better facilitate conversations and expectations with employees and keep you out of trouble down the line in case problems do arise and eventually after enough time they, they always do uh, or in the middle strategic hr for managers something here in between where uh, we're supporting the management and the leadership team for a fraction of the cost, uh, but we're also on offense, helping you to develop talent management strategies, providing training, uh, sexual harassment training, uh, uh, ongoing skill training uh, to help you build a more successful organization, uh, all at a fraction of the cost uh, that you could ever do it in-house and uh, in, a, in such a way that you can really focus on your core business in scale up and, and, and grow. Uh, David, could you just maybe take 30 seconds, just talk about, you know, what your company is and, 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 and how people might contact you? Yeah, certainly. So the company is uh, is Fund You Up. Uh, we'll be in business 17 years in uh, Janu this coming January. Uh, we help uh, small and mid-sized businesses get funding, uh, both secured and unsecured, when traditional means are not available. Uh, that typically means there's a challenge in one of three areas. Challenge with credit, it's not good enough. Challenge with collateral. There is no collateral, uh, there's something wrong with the collateral, or there's not enough collateral, or a challenge with time, either time in business or time in which the funds are needed. Uh, we fund anywhere from $1,500 uh, up to $10 million uh, unsecured. Uh, the largest secured deal was a real estate development deal that we did that was upwards, of, just upwards of $250. Uh, million. So our 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 niche in this market, uh, flexibility, speed, uh, and partnership. 
So we we actually want to partner with our with our clients. Uh, this space can be very messy. This space can be very uh, very smarmy, dare I say, um, yeah. with unscrupulous individuals who and companies who who work in the space. Um, we we aim to rise above those and uh, actually partner with our clients uh, to help them uh, achieve the financing goals they need to achieve. Well, David, I, I think a testament to your you and your organization that you that you built. Uh, you spent a significant time on today's call uh, telling people why they shouldn't use alternative financing. That if they can get money in traditional ways, an SBA loan through a bank, uh, that they should right, uh, and that they shouldn't go into debt unnecessarily. But uh, there are times when you need it, and so uh, agree. This is this is a little bit of a rough industry. There are there are some not so nice actors that can take advantage of people in the in the in maybe the their, one of their darkest hours and so your integrity in this uh that means an awful lot to us as a, as a referral partner here so appreciate your your, your time and, and your expertise and, and i really enjoyed the conversation david yes absolutely scott thanks for having me on i appreciate it and to everyone else uh thanks for joining today uh this is what we do we we try to bring the very best information we can to help uh, small and mid-sized companies grow. We have over 80,000 clients that buy payroll, human resources, time and attendance, and HR services from us. And if we can help you in any of these ways, uh, we would love to do so. Until next week, everyone have a good day.